So I've been listening to your recent EP today and it's so moving. It's so beautiful. So congratulations. Thank you so much. Before we kind of get into that, because I do want to talk about that and the themes and your process and your aesthetic and and all of that stuff. But I want to talk about your early entrance into music because I know you started DJing uh, really young. Yeah, yeah I, I, I basically it was one of those things like finding something to do in between um, getting home from school and dinner time, and it was always like music and finding tunes. Started off as like early YouTube days of running a channel of promoting other people's music, and in doing that after a while, off the back of it. Um, got into DJing and then playing underage events in London where I would literally have to like flog a hundred tickets to get like an early set for 45 minutes and that was like that was kind of like the start of the graft and and yeah um, I just got to a point I think where I was like I wanted to be I wanted to be booked for, for 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 what I was doing rather than what I was just pushing you know and yeah just carried on doing that I was always more on a, a club foot and had two projects, uh, one being called SYV and another being called Sente, which were were both very hard bass driven projects. And um, I think after a while, as I got older and was becoming overly aware of my surroundings and how I placed myself amongst them, I was kind of like distancing from, you know, even in conversation and saying what it is I did, became less proud of it almost. And I didn't really know what it was, but um in time out of writing and kind of disappearing and going through whatever in life, I kind of realized that a lot of that music was quite aggressive because of a lot of suppressed like emotion and everything. And that's why like on when I started this project, it's it came from a world of like first exploring, but also just like delving into the depths of production time and writing and everything really so yeah mm. that's like a real small nutshell of mm. kind of my to where I am now you said you were less proud of mm. of that do you think that you were feeling sort of out of integrity in some way I think I think a little bit I think there was a few things there was something about the process of writing for me where it, I would get very much lost in what I was doing and and it was very emotive driven and I, f- I felt like the UK scene then at that point, like 2015 sort of time for me was becoming a little bit disposable. It was very much like build up, drop. And that was kind of the format of things. And I, I don't know, I just, I fell out of love with that bit. It just became a little bit too predictable. And I think, you know, I always like to push and challenge myself and kind of see where that takes me. So, so yeah, I think it started with falling out of love with the scene and then, with myself and and yeah and I I kind of I stopped making music for like a year um because I just I felt like I couldn't I had I had no I just I didn't know what it what it was that was like my thing to go to you know when you sit down at a piano and, and the chords you strike or the melody that comes to you I didn't know what that was I was very much blurred and consumed by all the things I hadn't dealt with in my life I think mm. um and I was constantly trying to escape, but there's only so much avoidance you can do before it kind of, you know, takes you to a place where you feel really unfamiliar mm. with yourself and, and surroundings and everything. But yeah. Can I ask what those things were that you were trying to yeah, escape well, that you hadn't dealt with? Yeah, for me, I mean, when I was around that time, I I, I really struggled in my relationship with my family. 
my my parents separated when I was really young and it was quite an explosive separation and as I think affected me and my sister in, in different ways but left me feeling very isolated that being paired with my own personal experience in school and not fitting in being you know bullied and and whatnot I I kind of was just constantly ricocheting I kind of viewed it as you know and just seeking fun excitement joy and just like when I had that time where I fell out of you know making music for example I I was I, at this point I hadn't spoken to my my family who poured so much love into me I was like never any contact I would just only ever see them on you know Christmas or my birthday because I just didn't know how to do that you know I would I would disassociate I guess in those moments and and for for, for actually quite a long time you know my parents would write me letters and, and try to reach out to me but I I couldn't I was seeing through everything rather than viewing what was in front of me if that makes any sense I think there was just a lot of, of gaps you know like um my my dad was also and still is like a musician and was really successful in his in his time when my parents were together and my mum was you know she did everything she was in the fashion scene the music scene like the club scene she was a grafter and they both came from very different backgrounds and when they separated I think it well it affected my mum massively and she was distant in one way um emotionally and and kind of she was physically there but was very like numb she did everything and was like an amazing mum like couldn't have done more given the circumstances and the financial of everything and my, whereas my dad kind of was chasing his dream still and you know I think there was a time where there was a, na a naivety almost I don't even know if that's the right word but towards like the family and, and you know being around so there was like so much love but I couldn't place it because it was it was so like I don't know there was so much like other stuff going on around it which made it hard for me to just appreciate it and show you know so so yeah my, my way of dealing with that was kind of like just going off the grid and and just like diving into to to like my friendships and relationships you know and and that's the kind of the way I existed for a long time until I like lost myself for like the first time I guess mm. you come from a really musical family yeah. did you feel did it always feel like you would also do that was that just something you always did or I think for me I had as like being young I, I, I one thing I always remember having as a kid is like everybody has like their thing it's just a matter of finding it of whatever it is you know mm -hmm. I was really fortunate in school that music lessons were really cheap so I was able to try loads of things and and my, my dad was you know supportive in doing that but nothing clicked you know nothing felt like I mean I've also um having ADHD like to get the tunnel vision and to focus on something there really has to be that spark and I didn't feel that with anything um but then my my mum's boyfriend at the time who was like a computer nerd um asked me if I wanted some software he'd always give me a USB with different software and Fruit Loops was on there and that for me was something I just that was it for me I was just I was locked in there was it just felt like uh you know being someone who existed very much online in terms of finding friendships music connections with other people because the, I didn't have any connections with anyone in front of me it felt like the perfect thing I guess mm. yeah 
um, my emotions I guess <laughs> yeah you're right I mean it is that thing isn't it of finding that thing that you that just kind of grabs you that you become obsessed with you've spoken a lot about your family and your family well particularly your mum is very present in your music Um, and in your last EP you've sampled voice notes from her yeah and I was wondering how you kind of came to do that why you chose to do that how that felt to share something so personal um, through your music yeah so basically in in that time I I talked about where I felt like I was disconnected from music there was I started a, a little project where it was just diving into little sketches on SoundCloud. And as soon as I, I lost that spark, I'd upload it. And that became a sort of format. And then there was a few tracks there, which me and my my best friend and like manager at the time, Pete Simmons, um, we we just felt like there was something further. And um, in speaking to my sister, who's a curator, and her partner, a guy called Clayton Von Moreau, who's like a documentary filmmaker, um, whose work I really adored. And, and, and I saw it as being very like, emotionally confronting and I, I found that super fascinating um we put together some sort of a sort of questionnaire um to which I then sent to people via whatsapp of who were like loves of my life so new loves old loves best friends old best friends um relationships family and just was like look it would love for you to to hear you know about what you've your your view on these questions etc it was nothing too direct and um I got masses of responses and I was like the ones that really I think shine through was my mum and dad's because as much as they weren't in the same room I can see that they both individually took it as a time to confront you know those those blanks that I had in my mind that maybe they felt that they had caused and um in that I kind of weave together this first project with these tracks and it was called Gratitude Always where it was like the conversation my parents never had um and for me that was not only the birth and the blueprint of ones but it was like I felt like I'd I'd done something for myself more than I ever had before and it was a way of you know letting my family know that you know where I place myself amongst it my sonic emotional identity within all of that and like it really helped to start mending those relationships, you know, mm-hmm. rather than me, it just me view being viewed as this person who's quite, you know, deflective or sort of runs away from everything. So yeah, so that was the first project. And then in writing um, the the uh, project, which just came out now far too long, which I started in probably the first track being like the end of 2019, 2020, which was Blessings. I basically took my documentary level to a new height in logging conversations of like everyone with my therapy sessions, et cetera, et cetera, building up another library in a different light from what I learned from these WhatsApp interviews. And then, um, yeah, I basically just, my mum just really helped guide me through this separation with, um, with my partner who was actually on half of the project, just Lil at the time. Um, and more just guide me through those emotions, which felt really like, I don't know, I just felt quite suffocated by them, I guess. And mm. um, yeah, I, I think for me, it's like, I know that my mum has 
maybe an unannounced amount of guilt for what happened, which wasn't her fault at all. It was just, you know, family and how things progress and mm. and and fall apart throughout life. But it's my way of like letting her know how grateful I am and how important it is those moments that we do share. Because I mean, I saw her for the first time at the release party for the for my project, and it was the first time in three years, you know. So it's like a way of mending and maintaining those connections in a way which we can celebrate and look back on you know mm. and also just bringing light to her she gave up everything as a, a you know now single single mom for for us and I just want her to know that every decision in that that she did was kind of like n- none of it was a waste of anything you know because it's just bringing light back to her I guess she's like my guardian angel so that's how I want to paint her and continue to mm. so yeah that's so beautiful. It's so moving hearing you speaking about your mum and yeah, hearing her voice as well. It makes it so kind of visceral. It's really tangible because you can hear her voice and then hearing you speaking about it and the lyrics and just the emotion in the music. I was just wondering how it felt because I think making these things is one thing, isn't it? When you're you're making yeah. them and you're on your own and you're in the studio and you've got pouring everything into it but the vulnerability of then actually kind of sharing that with other people not just your story but her story and the family's story what were the conversations like in your family were they always up for it or yeah I think I think my mum and my family know it's a thing for me to help process you know and it's it's only to celebrate and bring awareness to those overwhelming emotions that we all face like Mm -hmm. as much as the project it's I've 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 cut out words and things which make it specific to me to to make it anyone who listens to it who has no connection with me or whatever and just hears my mum's voice it it touches on things that we all experience you know and and I think it's it's just it's real like my mum's East London born and bred like I just think it's it's a way of for me of having those conversations without using the same phrases and using the whole, the, the same, you know, the things that we all hear, it's just a little bit more, I don't know. I just, I just wanted to have a, a, a perspective from someone like my mum, who's like very working class, very poor, has done everything to get herself to where she is, been through a lot, comes from a very difficult place, but is still such a proud and strong woman and someone I really, aspire and looking like you know it inspires me so yeah I don't know it's 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 one of those things they all know it's for my mum even says like I'm I'm hoping it will help people and I think sometimes like I think I said to you before when I call her I feel like she's this she's got like her voice on and it's like those parts are never the parts I'll use it will only ever be the times in which I can hear her actually talking to me and to like you know she's a very spiritual lady like she she grew up and went to a uh, a convent like a really strict school and religion was kind of was really harsh her being olive skin there was a lot of racial abuse etc but she's still very like a, a soft gentle soul and I think those experiences have made her very aware of how our words and can help each other as well you know so yeah mm. so I think everyone's really for it yeah and did it feel did it feel very vulnerable to share that with the uh, I think I don't know I, I I went through the pits of it all quite a while ago so I'm happy to just be able to share it and to see how it can mm. and, and it you know I continue I carry on writing and I keep on documenting and moving forward and 
there's more to be said and you know more to explore so yeah I don't know I don't know if I felt the vulnerability of it um and I think maybe that's one of my flaws in my character because <laughs> sometimes I have all this emotion and things I'm like okay uh, and I just keep on going I sometimes find it hard to sit there and appreciate what it is I've done yeah yeah I can relate to that sometimes it's like it, it takes a while to actually process doesn't it but I think that's also very normal like you, you, yeah. I sort of see it with uh I've seen it in people close to me recently like so, something big will happen and actually you don't even process it until sort of further down the line sometimes do you yeah. you don't always process it in the moment um so obviously the podcast is all about mental health addiction um and that kind of intersection with creativity and music and I wanted to just talk here a little bit more about your mental health journey and creativity and music yeah I mean um I mentioned lightly that first project I did it kind of really helped in confronting those those things that I didn't know I was struggling with like with family for example but let for example talking on say this last project for me after the songs were sort of written I went into heavily into sort of therapy for the first time and it's something I I actually didn't I avoided for quite a while because I had a really hard experience whilst being in secondary school um, during the separation of like my family and, and not fitting in. I was like really badly like self-harming and the quite extremes of it all. And, and I, I don't know, like for me, I always from young was like going to clubs. I had friends down in the sort of Eastbourne area that I met through doing this YouTube channel, which just welcomed, they're a little bit older, but like welcomed me in and was going down there. And, and it was, yeah, it was my escape. But now as I've got older in this documenting style, it's I'll have these songs and the way in which I write isn't like, oh, I'm going to write about this breakup. I'm going to write about this, da, 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 da. But in, on reflection, when it comes to piecing everything together and and then going through this archive of conversations, I realise what maybe these things were driven by. So mm. it really helps me contextualise and understand how it is I really feel or felt. Um, I, I've i always struggled with um, disassociation mm. and um, it's something I've only really become aware of in the last two years in writing this project. Mm. And... Um, it's worth mentioning though, like I, I find myself being in states of disassociativeness when writing as well, in terms of like I can I I feel like I have a sense of like sometimes with lights, um, like I noticed spots and flickers and the tones of things when I'm in a very sonic world. I used to listen to things very loud and in my house and flat, the vibration of it all and the low end, which is very present in my music, kind of puts me into a sort of headspace where I'm feeling more than than I would in a usual state of consciousness, if that makes any sense. It totally does. I was just actually reminded of something someone else said on this podcast, Eris Drew, and she was talking about how music helps us to process these feelings that are indescribable in a way. And sometimes, and you also sort of made me reflect on, you know, times when, you know, why when we're going through a breakup and we listen to sad songs or, you know, when we need energy and we put on an uplifting tune, you know, these it changes how we feel and it also helps us get in touch with what's inside. And I think sometimes 
you know, because it's music is so in the fabric of life, sometimes we don't sort of recognize that or stop to necessarily think about it. But I absolutely do know what you mean. And I think it's, that's one of the most beautiful things. And I totally also personally relate to feeling quite disconnected, feeling quite numb. Like I spent a lot of my life feeling very numb, not really being able to get in touch with my own pain, my own stuff, you know, and I definitely feel like music has helped me feel like I'm in my body, feel like I'm present. You know, if I listen to an amazing tune, you, you're in that moment, you're in it. Getting in the present moment, getting into your body, I mean, that is always kind of the goal, isn't it? Um, yeah, definitely. So. I, I think there's there's people as well, like Lily and Kahina, who helped me be able to, like, bring that into words, you know, because before it was always production. I used to... I I was fascinated with the art of sampling and taking people's words to almost like take phrases which were almost questions in my mind and mm. um using that idea of and, and taking that into like writing so an example with like Kahina on, on the home record we had this concept of all the bvs and the slightly altered and pitched vocals in the background would be questions in the back of your mind like anxious thoughts and playing mm. with that as being like a you know just tying that into the sonic you know of 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 really confronting but um but yeah mm. yeah it's uh it's been it's been super interesting to kind of like throw myself into the writing world because I you know I was in school I was really dyslexic I didn't I, I struggled with with anything but but now I kind of like anything that I go through I write and I journal and I I process mm. in some form of poetry etc um mm as I continue to like understand like my identity and kind of who I am because really like that project that just came out I I viewed this as the first piece being this conversation between my mum and dad this next project was like okay cool I'm going to do a project about identity about me da, 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 da. and that ended up me being driven to a point of actually like a mental breakdown and, and being like actually this is something that I don't know who I am I never have and that's mm. a product of many things whether it's family school or just the norms that surround me you know so yeah mm. Mm. so how what did that look like how did that so how I did actually, that show itself so I think it showed itself in 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 one how I became quite like a a socially anxious person but at the same time being very outgoing and you know on on on, on surface level I seem like I can talk and have a laugh with anyone but internally I'm very crippled by Oh, where's the conversation going to go, et cetera, et cetera. And I find myself um, not even realizing a shift in myself in certain conversations towards people. Like I, I, I consider myself a very queer person and I, I, in a sense that I'm very fluid through and through. And I, I feel like with some people, um, those shifts, like, me being more flamboyant became become like a topic of conversation or something to laugh or question is me not knowing myself but I've come to accept like no this is just like who I am there's a fluidity to who I am and but yeah it's uh in going through therapy basically I ended up coming to getting the sort of diagnosis of the old-fashioned term being like multiple personality um disorder DID which is a disassociative identity disorder mm. um which was really great for me to sort of have an like to be aware of and to hear about um and I was quite lucky in the fact that I didn't become consumed with a diagnosis 
it mm. more just allowed me to have an awareness of that side of things and you know have, have a little bit of a research and a read into it but enough where it's like allows me to still be myself and not to be consumed by the articles and the studies of these traits I have mm. if I mean. but yeah because mm. I think sometimes having a diagnosis can feel like quite a comforting thing because it's like oh this is why I'm like this and this is why I struggle with that and and then on the other side it can then become a bit of a straitjacket and you're like I don't know you can almost like stigmatize and box in yourself with it can't you one thing that it actually led me into doing was uh trying to medication um through I was through professional and, and everything which ended up just being something which was actually really for me in the way my brain works a thing that I just can't delve into um it, it affected me too much and led to me actually having a full-blown mental breakdown um and it was just it basically made me overly analyze and, and question myself to a point where it was crippling me in and leaving me feeling like I was on another planet to be completely honest like mm-hmm. derealization um so on reflection though I'm 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 really grateful for that experience because now I am just like I'm very present in myself in terms of knowing the things that make me feel comfortable, the type of people, the situations, being aware of how to let people know or the certain things that I can't go to. I think it's just made me more comfortably aware um, where I'm not having to, I don't know, it's it's, it's, it's a straight, it's, I don't know how to to dissect it really, but is something which has led me to a point of feeling calmer whilst after going through that and being through it, you know, mm. um, because I do believe that for a lot of people and a lot of friends, it is, really can be something which helps ground and, and to help you. But for me, it, it wasn't. And I know I think the best thing that I did in that is it opened conversations with family and with friends and, and, you know, and just gave me more of awareness around other people as well and other people's situation and just kind of made me, kinder I guess Mm. yeah obviously when you have been through such intense sort of soul searching and pain yourself um Mm. it does give you empathy doesn't it it does give you empathy and makes you want to make the world better for others I think that's often one of the gifts I guess yeah yeah Yeah. which you're doing through your music exactly Mm. I mean, what I think of when I hear your music and I see your online presence is it's like a personal diary. It's like a scrapbook. It's like a collection of memories, thoughts, feelings. And what you do in your music is reflected in your social media presences. And obviously we hear a lot about how social media uh, causes yeah. a lot of stress. There's, we know there's a big dark side to it, but um, I am very inspired by how you use social media, which is more as just an outlet for your art. You're you're not playing the game. Do you know what I mean? You're not. You're, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not kind of trying to play the game. Um, you're using it as a form of expression in the same way that you use your music. And I was wondering, has your relationship with social media always been so much on your terms? You did describe yourself as a very online person at one point. Or yeah, yeah, have yeah. you have you come to this place? Um, through sort of trial and error yeah so I think I actually when I um I basically when I got the chance of 
doing music full time, I became sort of in, in the time of lockdown as well, I became quite obsessed with finding like a visual identity online and, and was into going further into archiving research. Um, but more than anything, I actually, I grew up playing a lot of video games and a lot of um, like doing a lot of Easter eggs and puzzles within things. And for me, I've always, in watching like the rise and fall of people being obsessed with music growing up, I always think presence is from, especially an electronic artist and with what I'm trying to do, you have to be very delicate with it because you, if you view yourself as an, an artist or what it is, has a lot of depth, everything really needs to play towards that in my understanding, you know, like, ones is really for oneself like it's supposed to be it's not about me it's not about my face and who I am obviously I am part of that identity but the way in which I write and the way in which I place all these things is like I said earlier it applies to anyone so it's about you know ones is like that street light shadow it's that person behind you it's the thought in the back of your mind it's like and I think it's really important to translate that because then you find yourself amongst people that feel the same way you know who who maybe still can't find the words to what it is but love that type of imagery because of the characteristics it holds you know and and I think I think that's kind of like the power of it of you know using it in a way of whispering rather than hashtagging and screaming about your next thing five million times in the same week because in the time of writing those they're very personal so for me to do that I feel like it's removing the depth from what it is that I created in the first place. Like I don't I don't do it for, for millions of, of views or whatever. I do it to get a real raw emotion that I or the person I've been writing has experienced and feeling and and make it, you know, something in which we can digest in our own time and our own space. Going back to uh parental mm-hmm mental health yeah I was really excited to talk to you because I think it's almost the elephant in the room sometimes isn't it when we're talking about mental health and we talk about our own experience of mental health but you know so much of this comes down to generational trauma um so I was wondering kind of what the impact is that you've seen of growing up with mental illness as a child, mental illness in your family and and how that's impacted you and how you're kind of finding a way to healing. First of all, when I was younger, I, I, I existed purely in relationship to relationship as me feeling like my only way of existing and being happy was seeing that I had that impact on somebody else in time and going through therapy. I, so yeah, I realized I had sort of codependency issues. I realized I've had that with friends as well as non like romantic partners. I think I've I've just become aware I really struggle with, you know, abandonment. I I get very fearful of all of that. Um but it's something in going through these things and now even being able to talk to you about it now. I I'm, I'm aware of them and I can prepare myself for them and as I've got older, I I find ways of now approaching those things. And like, I know how I can communicate and converse with my sister, et cetera, et cetera. It's just like adapting to that understanding and untying that knot, which has been put onto you by past trauma. Exist, you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and just, I don't know. That's why, that's why everything is, is really emotionally confronting in my work, I think, because it's just in hope of mending all of those things and, you know, it's not me saying everyone should make music and do whatever it is. Like I said, whatever you're drawn to and naturally do. But I think 
pouring those questions in your mind into anything is is a way of only finding answers you know I was just thinking about also how often one of the most painful things that can be left over from childhood is that pain of not being seen and not being heard and actually using your art to almost express those parts of yourself that needed to be seen that needed to be heard how incredibly healing and beautiful that process is you know you're doing that for yourself and you're seeing those parts yourself and actually definitely and also confronting your own mistakes you know like Mm. the things that the mistakes I made in pushing people away in relationships because I didn't know what healthy love looked like and it's Mm. you know and that is something that you know it makes you question yourself it's not questioning others always it's you know where where is it that I was pushed into a road which I don't see as my own because of what I've been through you know Mm. where was I diverted by somebody by by you know trauma or whatever and I it that gives you strength in itself. So I would say you're at the start of your career. Um, It feels like a very exciting time. Yeah. Yeah. And how, what would be the ultimate goal for you? And this is a big question. How would you define success? For me, success is fulfillment. Um, but for me, fulfillment is something which is forever growing and shifting from what I think it is. But that's also excitement and that's life. That's pressure, it's pain, it's everything, you know. So for me, like I I document as I move forward. I now I care for my grandparents um, who are in their 90s or well, late 80s and 90s. And it's just that's as like in terms of life and amending those relationships of, you know, just it's it's uh I guess it's educating myself and and trying to wouldn't say educating others but like bringing awareness to things that we all will go through whilst living quite independently and with a whole heart you know um and seeing how the sound around that changes and shifts but for me I want to I want to move like coming from a sort of club background and being in those spaces I want to challenge what those spaces are I want to get to a point where it's curating experiences and evenings rather than just playing that same venue again and again and again and and bringing in different mediums and different artists and people to to elevate the emotion in which is is that I'm I'm questioning and you know and 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 really bring these experiences to uh to others I guess making a whole world around what it is and just challenging what a live show is, what a DJ performance is, um, and not just regurgitating the same things, I guess. Yeah, the fulfillment shifts. Whoever knows what that looks like. 